This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Welcome to Money, Mission, and Meaning, Passion at Work, Purpose at Play, where we explore how we can integrate our personal values and professional skills to create pleasure and profit in the business of life. I'm your host, Mark Michael Lewis of RationalSpirituality.com, author of Relation Dancing, Consciously Creating What You Really Want in Your Relating, and The Key is in the Darkness, Unlocking the Door to a Spiritual Life. This week, I want to talk about a trap that people who are interested in personal or spiritual development or manifestation and transformation often fall into that I like to call the self-esteem game or the failure of success. In the process, I'll give you a simple visual metaphor that can help you avoid this trap and experience more of the true success and satisfaction that you really want. In my second book, The Key is in the Darkness, I describe two different ways of approaching goals that we pursue in our lives. First, we can pursue goals as what I call rewards. And second, we can pursue goals that I call trophies. Now, when we approach our goals as rewards, we seek them for the pleasure, the power, and the beauty that they'll bring us in and of themselves. We want to eat at a fine restaurant, for example, for the taste and nutrition that the food will bring us. When we approach our goals as trophies, on the other hand, we seek them for the feelings of success, achievement, and status that they bring us. In this case, we want the fine meal so that we can feel that we're successful, or to be envied by others, or to avoid feeling like we can't afford it. While rewards feel good directly in and of themselves, trophies feel good indirectly through the feelings of self-worth they bring us. In this sense, Trophies are about proving that we're talented or competent, valuable, worthy of love and self-respect. They're evidence that we are good enough. Trophies give us feelings of self-esteem. Now, the more we approach our goals as trophies, the more emotionally attached we become to our success at achieving them. Because it's not only about getting the rewards that the goals will bring, but proving our self-worth. Our value as a person becomes tied up with the goal. If we achieve the goal, we feel successful. If we fail, we feel shame. It's as if we're facing a judge who can declare us to be worthy or unworthy of respect. Now, the more we focus on pleasing the judge and achieving these goals, the more important winning, and especially not losing, these trophies becomes. We become more interested in looking good than in being happy. And when this happens, we've been caught in what I like to call the transformation trap or the self-esteem game, the failure of success. Now, having worked with literally hundreds of clients on enhancing the quality of their lives, I've noticed two things about this process. First, in my experience, we all play the self-esteem game to different degrees and in different contexts. Second, virtually no one wants to admit that they're playing the self-esteem game. <laughs> Why not? Because to admit they're playing the self-esteem game would be a blow to their self-esteem. In fact, the more people care about their self-esteem, the more they try to avoid 
admitting or noticing that they're playing the self-esteem game. But that avoidance is the self-esteem game. And that's why we call it a trap. So this is the counterintuitive truth of the matter. The more important our self-esteem becomes, the more of our time, energy, and attention gets caught up in trying to win or protect our self-esteem trophies, and the less time, energy, and attention is available to directly build happiness, intimacy, and beauty in our lives. To the degree that we focus on our level of success or value of accomplishment, to the degree that you care about your self-esteem, to that degree you steal valuable attention from those aspects of your life that will really make you happy and bring you real rewards. I like to think of the self-esteem game as like a spider. Imagine you're at a picnic table having fun with your friends, and a small and harmless spider begins crawling across the table. For some people, when they see the spider, it attracts all of their attention. They stop whatever conversation they're having and focus all of their intention on getting rid of the spider. They might back away from the table or insist that somebody else get rid of it. In other words, everything else has to stop until the spider is taken care of. The experiences of real value, the friendships and the intimacy, the enjoyment of the food and the environment, the plans and partnerships you're discussing, all these go by the wayside so we can deal with the spider. Our self-esteem concerns act just like the spider in this story. Only with self-esteem, there isn't even a spider to be concerned about. Only, first, our opinion of ourself, and two, our beliefs about the opinions that others hold about us. Instead of a spider, we see an imaginary trophy that we'll either win or lose, depending on whether or not we're good enough. For example, I might be in a real picnic table with my friends and begin to worry about whether or not I have food in my teeth or <laughs> whether I'm attractive or thin or successful or smart or graceful or even relaxed and enlightened enough, whatever it is that we want to focus on, right? In the process, my attention gets sucked away from the conversation, the friendship, the beauty of the picnic, and focused on the stuff that might be in my teeth, However, instead of just asking someone if I have food in my teeth, that would be uh, unthinkable. I mean, how embarrassing. It'd be proof that I'm not good enough. And, and what if they said yes? <laughs> that would be even more proof, right? <laughs> so I put all of my attention on, number one, pretending to still be involved in the conversation, you know, while I'm, number two, trying inconspicuously to clean the space between my teeth, or internally talk to myself about whatever self-esteem concern that's gotten my attention. So the more I focus on my teeth or my self-esteem concerns, the less present I am to the picnic, the less I participate in the conversation, and the less joy I get from the experience of the picnic. Further, I'll typically become afraid that someone will notice that I'm not present and ask me what I'm thinking about, which would be embarrassing, so I have to pretend to be really present. In fact, after the picnic's over and I'm going home, I might actually wish that I hadn't gone because it was so uncomfortable for me to be around people because my focus was on my self-esteem concerns rather than simply enjoying being with them. Now, the spider of self-esteem is even more challenging than a real spider because we can actually deal with a real spider. We can scoot it away or put it outside or kill it if need be. However, in life... There are an endless number of self-esteem issues to focus on. It's like an army of spiders coming in from all sides with no end in sight. We can never address them all. 
The only thing we can do is just let them be and focus on the positive experiences of the picnic. Now, this idea of allowing our self-esteem concerns to be, to just allow ourselves to have them, and then still focus on being present with the people we're with and the things we're doing, can be thought of as forgiveness. We can forgive ourselves and accept that we'll never be as attractive, successful, rich, accomplished, or enlightened enough. There's always further to go, and there's always better to get. So in the face of this, we can accept exactly where we are, let go of our self-judgment, and focus on having fun with what we have. The truth is, we are exactly who we are and what we are right now. In fact, we're not only exactly who we are, we are perfectly what we are and who we are. We cannot be any more who we are than what we are. Further, who we are is an expression of a universe that is so great and glorious that it's appropriately called divine. As we can accept ourselves as a participant and as an expression of this divinity, we realize that we're free of the need to earn trophies altogether. We simply don't need them. Instead, we can simply focus on enjoying and expressing our deepest sense of love, joy, and beauty just because it feels ecstatic to do so. This is the shift from trophies to rewards, from trying to prove that we're good enough to enjoying life as fully as possible from doing something because we think we should, to doing it because it honors and expresses our deepest values. Most importantly, it's to do this in the face of spiders, in the face of our self-esteem concerns. It's this process of pursuing rewards rather than trophies is at the heart of what it means to pursue money, mission, and meaning, and create pleasure and profit in the business of life. I've been your host, Mark Michael Lewis of RationalSpirituality.com, and that brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for listening, and join us next week on Money, Mission, and Meaning, Passion at Work, Purpose at Play, as we offer practical ideas to bring you pleasure and profit in the business of life. For text and transcripts of the show, or to get archives of previous shows, go to www dot money mission meaning dot com or sign up to automatically receive our show in iTunes or at personallifemedia.com. Talk to you next week. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com. 